and my husband grabbed my youngest son who had armbands on at the time he couldn't even swim at the time and and we ran we ran like we had never run before this episode was recorded before christmas and i say that in light of the tonga tsunami Today's guest and her family are survivors of the 2004 Asian tsunami. It left a major imprint on her life and it's given her a deep understanding of human vulnerability and of living in the moment. Having worked through her own trauma and stress, she has set up a company to assist others along the journey. Episode 57, Cheryl Putterman. Welcome to One Moment, Please the podcast where our guests take a moment to tell their stories of how they've overcome adversity to achieve success and you take a moment to tune in to bring on the inspiration. Thanks for joining Cheryl. Thank you. Now, you're currently sitting in Israel at the moment, but you have a very interesting journey because you have your own company, which is a nourishment vitality company. But before we sort of get into what the company offers, I think it's important to sort of talk about the journey in which you took to to start that uh, business as well. And part of that was trauma and stress that you have incurred over your life. And part of that was that you survived the Boxing Day tsunamis. So I think it is important to sort of perhaps start your journey and story there and talk us through how you found yourself fit in Thailand. Um, wonderful. So happy to do that. Uh, absolutely. Firstly, I'd like to start off by saying life is a journey. Life is a journey. It is not a final destination and we are always growing, changing and evolving. So most certainly where I am today and through my own life adversities and the journey that I've been on, this has brought me to my point today where I am the CEO and founder of Nourishment Vitality, a company that I'm extremely proud of and we'll go into that later. But let's start off, as you said, on the, on the journey of, um, of the Asian tsunami and how that led me on the current path that I am today, which which is in helping people overcome their stresses, their anxiety. Cheryl, are you able to hold your microphone just in front of your mouth a little bit more? You're a little bit faint now. Yeah. What are you holding this just like hold, that? Yeah, per, that's yeah, perfect. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, today I help people overcome their life challenges, be that what it may, whether it's stress, anxiety, um, what it is that's holding them back and keeping them stuck in their lives moving forward from uh, living their lives to their full potential, which um, I learned through my own life adversities and then mm. professionally studied coping tools and mechanisms to be able to help people do exactly that. My family and I are survivors of the 2004 Asian tsunami, um, mm -hmm. which... Um, as I How say, you, why were you in Thailand in 2004? How did you sort of end up there? Were you on holiday? No, no, I wasn't okay. on holiday. We were actually living in um, Hong Kong at the time. Mm -hmm. And actually, uh, I'm glad we're having the conversation now because in, in just a, a couple of weeks' time, it's actually going to be the uh, 17th anniversary. Mm. 
yeah. on the 26th of, of December, which is a, a time every year that I actually do spend in self-reflection and in gratitude ultimately for being here. For being, for being alive here on planet Earth, for being here with you, having this conversation and acknowledging that very privilege of being alive and being blessed to be able to teach others through the clarity of my, of my own example. And um, we were living in Hong Kong at the time. Um, we had moved to Hong Kong just six months prior to wow. us actually arriving in Phuket, which we were there for a holiday. And uh, the 2004 Asian tsunami, Fiona, was one of the largest natural disasters of the last century. It was, yeah, it was awful. It was awful. And hundreds mm. of thousands of innocent souls lost their lives in that very silent, uh, violent and uh, very sudden event. We had actually arrived in Phuket Mm-hmm. Um, on late Christmas evening, and uh, the next uh, morning so on the twenty fifth. On the twenty fifth, we actually had arrived on the twenty fifth. We were living okay. in Hong Kong at the time. We had arrived in Hong Kong six months prior, and quite frankly, um, myself, my husband, my two young boys, um, we were exhausted. It's not an easy thing to actually move to a new country. Mm. And the actual move in itself, arriving in a country that I, I never knew anyone there, it was exhausting in and of itself. Mm. Uh, immigration is not mm. easy. Settling How long into had a you been country. in Hong Kong for? Before six you... months. Six months. So you were in Hong Kong for six months and then you arrived on Christmas Day. Right. And we and arrived in Phuket, in Phuket because this was our first holiday. Yeah. This was our first holiday. We were tired. After mm. after moving, etc. And to be honest, I was I was pretty stressed out from from the move on of itself. And so we booked to go to Phuket for a, for a vacation. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> we were booked in one hotel. And funnily enough, thank you uh, for divine intervention. The travel agent had actually called us just the day before to say that there was a problem with our booking, and he actually moved our hotel to another hotel. Um, this landed up being something that was very um, much a part of our, our, our journey and, uh, again, divine intervention of actually why we actually here speaking to you know today and why I'm actually able to have this conversation with you today because the hotel that we were booked in was completely wiped out. Was it on um, the beachfront? Yes. The original so, one, it was. Yes, it, it was. So we actually arrived in Phuket, as I said, on, on late Christmas evening. And uh, the next morning, we had just uh, settled down at the, at the pool. And, um, you know, it was a beautiful place. It is a beautiful place. It's Phuket, be- Thailand yeah. is a magnificent place. Mm. And my first glance around was, wow, this is, this is paradise. We actually in paradise and um, we had had uh, breakfast mm-hmm. and at breakfast with the kids my, my boys were, were very uh, young at the time uh, three and seven and at the breakfast table we actually could feel a slight uh, tremor mm. um, but didn't take much notice of that and um, you know, this was the, the first uh, signs of the tsunami mm. actually coming in. And uh, was, we, we had actually... 
Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Was your new um, hotel, was that like further up a hill or a mountain? Yes. Was it more? It yes. was. Okay. It most certainly was. And the hotel that we had originally booked in, um, as I say, you know, it, it's, it was uh, really, really uh, white. To wiped out with a, with a tremendous amount of damage. Um, we had gone for a walk along the beach. It's and um, pre or post a, breakfast. After breakfast, we after, had decided, so you felt the tremor, and then you went, "We're going to go for a walk." Exactly, we were going for a walk, wow. and uh, my uh, eldest son um, was insistent that we actually not stay at the beach and that we go and sit at the pool. And looking back in um, in reflection, it was this actual decision of his that actually saved our lives. Um, but I will never forget that walk around the beach at that time. Mm. Um, my youngest um, uh, was drawing a lot of attention from the locals and um, people were stopping us and there were one or two people that I actually just felt a tremendous connection with our eyes even locked I remember it to this day you know their face the way they looked etc and uh, we landed up at uh, at the pool and uh, looking around by the pool I, I I felt that we were completely in a beautiful setting, and it was it was a magnificent uh, place to actually be. My eldest son was there were two swimming pools. There was a swimming pool right in front of us, and there was one behind us. And my eldest son was in the swimming pool uh, just behind me. And after I, I looked around, and I and and. You know, I was just in such gratitude. I just remember that gratitude, that feeling of, of, of gratitude for the beautiful setting that we were actually in. I got up. There was something that told me to get up. And I turned to my eldest son who was playing beautifully at the time in the swimming pool just behind where my um, sun deck was. And I asked him to get out of the water and uh, come to where I was. And he refused. He was playing beautifully at the time, but I was very insistent. And I repeated myself two, three times, get out of the water and come to where I am. Um, thank God that he did. And he came to where I was. And now I had my two boys playing beautifully right in front of me. And that's actually the next moment, you know, where, yeah, I was settled, my two boys were in front of me, and suddenly I hear my husband just say, get up! And I looked in front of me, and there were just scores of people just running. And my first instinct was, is it a terror attack? Mm. As, you know... I never knew what a tsunami was. I never thought tsunami. I thought terror. Mm. And at that moment, everything was happening so fast, but the water just just uh, kept coming. The tsunami hit with a speed, Fiona, and with a ferocity that was simply, it was simply overwhelming. 
There was chaos. There was pandemonium. There was confusion. Nobody could believe that this that the situation it just seemed to appear like out of nowhere and we were swept up in this nightmare of pain and of destruction i turned to my eldest son who was who was in the water in front of me and i just he 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 looked so you know he was very young but just like his his face was so like not knowing and i, I just said move and my husband grabbed my youngest son, who had armbands on at the time. He couldn't even swim at the time. And, and we ran. We ran like we had never run before. And what actually saved us uh, was that the hotel that we were in, there was a slight incline. So the water surrounded, but it it, you know, it, we, we were on this incline. We were able to uh, um, kind of uh, escape the actual uh, wave water through, through the actual incline. And this path of survival opened up for us. So when you're um, saying, so if, I just want to clarify a couple of things. Before we talk about the incline, how high was the actual hotel above sort of the water level, would you say, normal water level? I'm not quite sure. I just know that it was it was in an incline and the water surrounded, but it didn't go into the actual hotel. Okay. So around us there was this this chaos and there was this uh, destruction, and um, actually, Fiona, where my son was playing in the pool, just behind me, mm. um, a which was by the kids' club, a. With, with the speed, ferocity, and uh, of the actual wave, a car had come and smashed into the kids' club right there. That was the power of the actual water. So had I not stood up when I stood up, had I not called my, 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 my son out of the water when I did, it happened so quickly. Um, and as I say, with, with, with such violence that that car just came and and smashed and at the time there was no script to follow there was no time to freeze mm. we just grabbed the children and ran and our only option was to act and uh, we were the lucky ones with this path of survival opening up for us for for us to actually escape the wave as such um, when you're saying that the that you're on an incline, so when you're running from the wave, were you going upstairs in the hotel? The hotel itself was on an incline, or were you running up the hill that it was on? Running up the hill that we were on. Okay. And uh, when we reached at the top, and if you had to say to me, well, how long were you running for? I really don't know. Mm. I really don't know. It's it's like. Again, there was no script to, to to follow, no time to freeze. The only mm -hmm. thing that that uh, uh, the only option was to act. The only option was was to act at that time. Um, I still, when we reached the to the top part of of of, of the uh, the incline, I I didn't know what a tsunami was. I had no idea what had just happened. Mm. Once we were there, we went. Um, uh, up the actual stairs into the uh, room 
we didn't have our shoes or anything like that. There was, you know, we had that had what had all gone. My boys were very young at the time, and they were um, crying, and they were. They both actually, even as young as they are, you know, turned and said, "How can God do such a thing? How can God take so many lives and save other lives?" They didn't know what that happened. They were crying. I, at the time, kind of, you know, I was kind of pulled myself together and mm. I I just packed a bag straight away and the bag had, um, and I put the asthma pump for my, for my boys. I There was a small little um, thing of cookies that I had that I stuck inside. I put something there for shock. And I just turned to my boys and I said, you know, boys, when, when Emma, that's that's mom um, in Hebrew, uh, says run, you run. I had no idea at that moment if the hotel was going to fall on top of us. I had Could no you see idea. out the hotel window to the beach? Did you have a beach? There was a fronted. hotel window and then my boys were looking outside the window and they were crying and that's when they said, how can God do this? How can God do this? I was just focused on getting everything together and uh, uh, actually turned uh, to my hubby to say, let somebody know where we are. Because I did my, my thought was, should the um, hotel collapse on us, let them find us. And, um, you know, funnily enough, Fiona, the, the hotel, the the rooms in the hotel, people evacuated very, very quickly. There was such chaos and there was such there was such confuse, confusion everywhere. There was a, another couple, an Australian couple actually, that uh, um, also had kids that we spent a little bit of time with. And we actually have uh, pictures when we went down. And at, that's where I actually, actually have a picture of the um, uh, car that smashed into the kids' club and of the actual pool before and after. And we do have a video up on our website, whoever wants to, to take a look at our actual story um, with the original pictures, they can go um, onto our website or onto our YouTube channel and actually watch that, uh, that video of, of what actually happened on that day. Um, but I can honestly say to you now with certainty that it was this traumatic, life-changing event that it changed the trajectory of my outlook of life from that point forward. Nothing was the same ever again. You know, having such life experiences, it brings its own set of challenges. Um, Be before we get into that, though, I don't want to lose your, your train of thought and the conversation in regards to the, mm -hmm. the day, the event. You're saying that you packed a bag and then you were in the in the room. So I just want to bring you back to that. Mm -hmm. Who did you advise? You said you mentioned that you advised somebody or said to your husband, let somebody know where we are. Who who did you phone or text? Our family in South Africa. And okay. we were living in Hong Kong at the time and the community also knew where we were. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, these we were getting messages if we needed help. At, mm -hmm. that, at that time. So the phones my, were still working? The, the phones were still working. Okay. My um, a husband had actually contacted uh, um, somebody that he knew in, uh, in, in Thailand to say, could you 
what's what's the government telling people to do? I mean, mm. you know, what should we do now? And we actually managed to somehow rebuy a new ticket back to Hong Kong. Um, and we, we, we landed up back at the airport and um, there was such chaos. There was such chaos at that airport. I mean, people had lost their passports. People were injured. It was it was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. I still don't think I knew what on earth had actually happened. You know, when you're in such tremendous stress mm. and you are in that survival mode that you have to pull yourself together to get through what you're going through at that time, somehow you do. Um, How long were you stuck in the hotel for? We managed to get a rebuy, a new ticket out. We left at four o'clock in the in the in the next morning. Um, so where did we, you stay the night of the twenty sixth? We stayed in our actual hotel, as I said, wow. because the hotel was on the on the incline, because the hotel was higher up. Yeah, there was still electricity and there was still water running. Um, so we did stay in the hotel that night, and we, I I I I don't. Um, recall who it was some that came to collect us um, in, in the early hours of the morning to take us uh, to the actual hotel where we managed to rebuy, not not to the hotel, to the airport, where we managed to rebuy a new ticket out of there. And we were very, very blessed to be able to do that. How, um, how did you get from the hotel to the airport? Because the, the difference between a tidal wave, it's a big, it's a big wave that comes through. Whereas a tsunami, which is devastating, obviously, but a tsunami, the water keeps coming. It's not just one single wave. It's like a, it's like the whole ocean rises and it sort of keeps coming and coming and coming. And from looking and then it at withdrew, any, and then it went back. Yes, and then it went back. So, um, but you, from you any know, of the, the videos... water came up and then it went back, and then people were saying that's when we actually managed to to take some pictures. Um, my husband managed to take some pictures and it's just an interesting observation, but these were the old uh, fashioned cameras. But uh, that camera stopped working after that. Uh, those were the last pictures that camera ever took. And uh, it never, ever worked again. That camera never, ever worked again after those pictures. But the water went back. So there was a lot of destruction everywhere. There was destruction. Mm. There was uh, rubble. There was um, a mess everywhere. But, mm. uh, you know, the, um, there, were, there were still paths and, and, and ways. And, uh, and we managed to, uh, to get back to the airport. And, uh, and from there um, to, to get back to Hong Kong. And it was only, only, as I say, when we, when we came back, and we were we were we were back in a in a kind of a safe place that uh, so many that's when it all kind of hits you mm. that's when it all kind of lands oh my word what on earth has just happened when you walked down the beach in the morning after breakfast there are reports of the water like a really low tide like the water was getting drawn out before the which most people didn't know what was going on did that? Did you see any of that, or was it just like a normal beach when you walked along there, normal tide? For me, I never noticed anything. Okay. 
I, I, I never knew what a tsunami was in my life before. I never noticed anything. Um, I am just an extremely intuitive person and will always be grateful for that moment when my intuition just screamed out to me to get my son next to me. There was such mm -hmm. a strong feeling that I needed my boys near me. Um, and that is something that I listened to. I listened mm -hmm. to. Um, I kind of, and I was also, you know, I was very physically fit at the time. I, uh, I had a, a, a arrived in Hong Kong, as I say, six months prior, and I used to train um, through... Um, some of the beautiful pathways over there. So I had started running for the first time in my life. Sometimes I say it's because God knew I was going to run for my life. But um, I was physically in a very, very, I was physically fit and physically very, very strong at the time. And this kind of, the, this um, life-changing event, it leaves, it leaves scars, it leaves traumas. Mm -hmm. And there are some traumas at the end of the day that truly never go away. They just become an integral part of who you are. We live with them. We walk with them. We move with them. We think with them. Um, but what I learned through my life's journey, coming back to you asked about the actual journey, uh, our traumas, they don't necessarily have to define us. Um, it is common to feel trapped in an experience of trauma and to feel afraid for myself personally, my journey after that, I struggled with a tremendous amount of panic, of overwhelm. Once we were mm. back in Hong Kong, um, uh, panic and overwhelm um, really overtook me. And as the mother, the captain of the ship with two small uh, children, I needed to uh, really lean in towards myself and uh, learn how to how to help myself and learn mm -hmm. how to internalize the fear of everything that I had been through, of everything that I had seen, that my kids had seen, of this uh, tremendous trauma that, uh, that we were exposed to in life. And it does leave one with a tremendous amount of fears in life. And fear, at the end of the day, is often dictating how our life does unfold. Fears mm. generally in life, be that what it may, whether it's fear of failure, fear of the unknown, for me that was huge, fear of not being good enough in life. But at the end of the day, what I've learned through my, through my journey, that it's how we internalize fear and we can either hide from our fears or we can lean into them and learn from them. That's what makes all of the, all of the difference. And mm. that's something that I chose to do afterwards. When I struggled with this panic attacks, etc., I chose to learn how to help myself. And that's why today I'm a stress practitioner and a mind, body, um, and a wellness practitioner helping people in these uh, areas in their life. You mentioned that you sort of... Um... Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know whether or not you did touch on it, but when you arrived back in Hong Kong, and sort of the enormity of everything that hit you, had you seen any of the footage that was coming out of Thailand before you left Thailand, or did you see that all when you landed? Only when I landed. Okay. I, I, honestly, just as a as a mother, my my concern was to just be together so that I yeah. could I could 
help my kids yeah. and it wasn't easy it was not easy you know it wasn't easy for the for the children it wasn't easy for myself for my husband it left it left us all but my boys were very young at the time but it truly left us with a very deep sense of human vulnerability mm. um, and an understanding of human vulnerability you know when 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 life puts in front of you a the magnitude of of life itself of, mm. of disaster of which we as human beings we have no control it's we a have fragility, no control isn't it? and mm. it's, it leaves you very vulnerable your 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 whole whole human experience is is um you just realize that uh, uh you know life just like that can can change at the end of the day i would have never imagined not in my wildest dreams that there that there is such a fine line between um heaven you know this this magnificent beautiful place that we were in and this complete destruction and uh, being suddenly so suddenly swept up in this nightmare of pain and and destruction and as i said at the end of the day when you are paralyzed by fear and when there's nobody to guide you and and there's no and there's so much confusion and there's no script to follow your only instinct at that time is you you got you got to act and um at the end of the day through having traveled this journey it left me um not only with this very deep sense of of human vulnerability but i became completely committed to finding my peace my inner peace and to finding my my freedom from within and that took me on a on a journey of where i am today because it was a journey of really diving into my my inner strength i chose to embrace i chose to trust i chose to find purpose in my pain I chose to find value in my suffering and I choose today to teach through the clarity of my own example and I feel very blessed to be able to to do just just that um because at the end of the day when and I believe this so strongly I but I teach this to my clients and I I believe this in life that when you learn to lean in with with curiosity conscious curiosity but with compassion and with understanding for where you're at for 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 the experiences that 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 life has taken you through then you are truly able to learn to internalize new ways of thinking new ways of being in your body in your life new ways of understanding how your traumas your life experiences have led you through and where you are today everything is learned and we can learn a new way um we can uh, learn to um truly take value out of the the suffering that we go through in life i learned for example from the tsunami to be strong to be resilient to lean into my faith i believe that when one's faith is strong you are able to go through what you're going through and still stay connected to who you truly are that faith i believe is a foundation of life and when our faith is shaken 
our entire world is shaken. So especially when one's gone through a tremendous trauma, faith becomes such an important um, foundation to to build upon and to and to hold on to. Um, and 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 understanding, I can certainly say that yes, the body does indeed remember trauma. Um, there's some traumas that truly never go away, and that memory doesn't have to go away for you to make progress. We can consciously choose, and we can consciously continue in our life and move through whatever pain or trauma it is that we have gone through. I so, think it's important to also state at this point that if you have experienced trauma or or stresses or pains or anything like that, you do need to seek experienced medical advice. A hundred percent. It is yeah. so important. You know, um, one of my favorite definitions of stress, which I've ever heard, I love it, is S-T-R-E-S-S, striving to resolve every situation solo. So just what you've said now, Fiona, it is so important. If you have gone through any kind of trauma, stress, tremendous stress, which is affecting now your 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 physical well-being as well as your emotional well-being, you do need to reach out. Um, I, I help people in this way. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a stress practitioner, mind and body practitioner as well, wellness practitioner, to so seek out it... help, to definitely seek out help. Because at the end of the day, you are not alone. And there are um, coping tools, skills that people, trained practitioners can help you through. And whatever it is that is weighing you down, that is holding you uh, captive from living your life, reach out so that you can get that help to move through and go through um, the process of, of helping yourself at the end of the day. You said you're a stress practitioner and a wellness practitioner. You're, you're not a clinical psychiatrist or counsellor. So what's the difference between what you've studied and gone through compared to someone that's got a clinical background? The difference between being a, a coaching practitioner and between being a actual clinical therapist is mm-hmm. uh, is very important to understand that that coaching and guidance and counseling cannot be um, um, a replacement for medical advice or a clinical psychologist or a um, psychiatrist that can that can help you with medications etc in that way so it's important to understand that as well mm-hmm. so I didn't quite get a clear understanding. So I know that they're very different, but is it the level of um, training and education that you've had or do you, do you, is it working hand in hand with them? Like what's the actual difference between the two? It's, it's often working hand in hand with them. I, as a coach and mm-hmm. as a, a stress and a wellness practitioner, I have been very blessed to learn with some of the world's leading masters um, being back, being back all the way back in Hong Kong at the time, the tsunami was actually the leading catalyst that led me on my studies of the science of stress, the healing power of breathing. And later on, this transitioned into mind-body nutrition, which is that fascinating connection between the brain, body, and behavior, and nutritional psychology. 
um, which I incorporate within my practices. I believe at the end of the day that you need to feel well to feel well. Um, so I um, studied at uh, the uh, Institute of the Psychology of Eating. I've studied with conscious relationships. I've studied uh, various courses, etc. The difference, again, with being having an actual degree and having it in clinical psychology as such or as an actual therapist is different. I am not uh, medically certified in that way. I work often together with a therapist and when necessary, helping clients uh, through various challenges, depending on where they are or whether or not it's needed. You mentioned after you came back from Hong Kong that you started having panic attacks. At what point did you, and I know previously we've had a conversation and you said that it was sort of learning through that and you mentioned it, touched on it, it started you on this journey. But how did you go from I've survived this traumatic event, I'm in Hong Kong, I'm, a, I'm away from my support network to and, and having panic attacks to saying I want to now help people. What was that? I feel like we've just jumped a few years mm. <laughs> in, in, that, in the journey. <laughs> What was it for me? My whole life, since yeah. I'm a teenager actually, since I'm 15 years old, I've always been drawn to the uh, healing arts, the healing sciences, sciences to um, metaphysical uh, science. And this has been a passion of mine that I have continued to follow my entire life. So what um, is a metaphysical science? The metaphysical science is really really taking a deeper dive into the healing arts itself, into energy healing. Yeah. So Reiki, alternative, stuff like that. Exactly. Alternative yep. uh, healing, etc. It's something that I'm passionate about. And uh, I've been studying this connection as well with, meta with metaphysical science is also the background between the brain, body and behavior. Um, really understanding um, the way the law of the universe um, actually uh, the different laws of the of of, uh, of the universe actually work for 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 years for decades. When I was in Hong Kong and I was suffering from these panic attacks, etc., um, I've always been somebody that uh, doesn't go directly for medical intervention, but has been some has has always have always leaned into how do I help myself through specific challenges how do I support myself through these specific challenges um, this led me on my studying again of the science of stress the healing power of breathing breathing at the end of the day is the cornerstone of stress management so I really dived in in learning how do you breathe and how do we learning, breathe isn't it just easy uh, isn't no, it, just a... it is just easy. It's it's a yes and no. So it is just easy because it's accessible to all of us, <laughs> absolutely. But uh, uh, most people actually um, don't uh, don't breathe um, in in in, a, in in an actual conscious way. So there are various breathing techniques that one can do to actually help themselves. Um, enhance the level of oxygen that they're bringing in and out of their body as well. So there are most certainly um, ways to actually breathe because the first and the most accessible tool to all human beings is to um, 
to to become aware of breathing and by doing so you can help yourself to get the body into that parasympathetic state or, or otherwise known as the relaxed state breathing is that cornerstone of stress management it helps you so quickly regain your focus your clarity your stability and um, it's a very beneficial practice to uh, learn um, conscious breathing and i know that that sounds simple no explain but what brilliant is conscious about it but what the is conscious science of simple what is conscious breathing so when you're saying um, you need to breathe differently. Is that just like a yoga breath where you breathe upper chest, middle, you know, upper lung, middle lung, lower lung? Because well, if... yes, there are various. Okay. There are so many different techniques yeah. on how on how because to... you can't walk around doing that all day. Like that's <laughs> no. But are you, you can saying... be a, you can you can check in with yourself and see. Okay, so that was because my next question. Because a lot of question. people are walking are walking around and they are. Um, maybe hyperventilate. Think about it. So, firstly, if you get upset or if you're crying, you you start to hyperventilate. But a lot of people are actually walking around and they're not taking a full deep inhale and exhale. We also know today that most people, uh, most human beings, are walking around and they're holding their breath and then they're taking in big irregular gasps of air and that. Fiona is causing literal stress on their respiratory system. We know at the end of the day, just a little bit of background about breathing. I think it's important for the listeners to know mm. that our emotion and our breathing are closely connected. And research studies actually show that different emotional states are associated with different respiration patterns. So when you feel anxious and afraid, you're going to breathe more quickly and shallowly. And when you feel happy and more relaxed, what happens is that you breathe more slowly. You breathe more fully. Now, if you think about it, if our emotions affect our breath, we can use our breath to control our emotions as well. Now, we've been talking about using collective behavioral methods to change our emotions. But it's very difficult to change one's emotions only using your thoughts. But hang so on a minute. Try, I just want to go back to the... Let me just finish one, one moment because let me just finish this um, train of thought here. If you try taking yourself out of intense anger or anxiety, it's almost impossible to do that just with your thoughts. So learning how to breathe properly is essential. It becomes a very powerful tool. And when you practice controlled breathing at the end of the day, you help yourself to, with so much, at, um, uh, in so many physical ways, you can lower your blood pressure, your heart rate, your stress hormones. Within minutes, you can feel much better and actually place your, your body in a significantly healthier state. With the breathing, are you recommending that we conscious in terms of we're understanding okay i'm stressed so therefore i'm not breathing properly and checking in that way and correcting our breathing or are you saying do that and in addition everyone's walking around breathing wrong and you need to be conscious of your breath at all times i'm saying check in with yourself often okay. enough during the day and notice how am i breathing How's my breathing? Can I slow it down a little bit? As human beings, and especially in today's stressed out society, we we function on a very fast beat, got to do it fast, got to do it fast. However, I'm saying do the opposite. Slow down somewhat. 
you slow uh, if we have the capacity as human beings to speed things up we have that same capacity to slow things down so check in with your breathing every now and then um you know do a complete breath with yourself if you're very rushed pause take a complete breath inhale completely starting at your abdomen continue then when you so you start at your abdomen you continue to inhale filling up your chest allow your upper your upper chest your shoulders to rise so that you're really filling up the the body the the upper portion with air then you systematically release and you empty when you exhale from your upper portion then your midsection finally emptying completely at the abdomen that for example is a complete breath and you can feel the wholeness of a full inhale and exhale as you re balance and then you realign with your energies so if you're feeling yourself out of focus completely stressed one way to help yourself get back into that parasympathetic um, um, mode your your relaxed uh, mode and we know at the end of the day that healing maintenance repair it takes place in a relaxed body when you're stressed you can't focus your breathing's out of, out of whack as well so take a complete inhale and exhale and the ways to do that one way is just simply with the complete breath another way would be for example to simply count your breathing breathe in to four and then pause for a moment breathe out for four this is called a uh, slow belly breathing so whoever wants should i should i go through this one with you now yeah sure on? so if you're listening guys and you can you're not driving pull over so do not do this whilst uh, going anywhere you need to be in a quiet space in a quiet space or simply in a place where you can so then you could if you are in a place where you're comfortable and uh, it's safe for you to do this then simply close your eyes gently for a moment we're going to do four in and four out slow belly breathing. You can place one hand on your belly and you can place another hand on your chest. And I want you to feel the support of your very own hand on your very own belly and the support of your very own hand on your chest or your heart space. Begin to deliberately slow your breathing down we're going to breathe from your relaxed belly we're going to keep the breath smooth steady and continuous let's go breathe in while slowly and silently to yourself counting to four and pause for a moment and now breathe out to a count of four and pause for a moment let's repeat breathing in two three four and pause and breathing out two three four and pause there you go how did that feel was it a new sensation oh, just I've notice done it. yeah I've done it, I've done it in um yoga and stuff so I'm, I'm aware of the breath work but I don't do it as much and I don't do yoga anymore so it's well, good to reconnect thing. here's with it, what isn't I it? know and what I'd like everyone to know 
whether you've done this before or not, perhaps you aren't doing it enough. I'm not. But it starts with checking in with yourself because it all starts with awareness. Awareness is a very important concept to grasp. When you become more self-aware, you become the authority in your life and of your reactions. So when you can slow it down somewhat, you can learn to respond instead of reacting. You become your best advocate for your own choices when you become more self-aware. You get to take more control over your responses to whatever life may be presenting you with at any given point in time. So it's very important to acknowledge what is going on with your body and with your emotional state. So that's when you're checking in, how am I, how am I even breathing at this moment? But check in with yourself and see where you're at with compassion. Check in with yourself with understanding and compassion. And I want to, it's, it's, a, it's a founding principle at Nourishment Vitality. We teach kind mindfulness, awareness with kindness. It is very important to bring kindness into your daily practices because kindness is what will fill the brain with dopamine, that feel-good hormone, and kindness will also give you the courage to face the things that you may want to change in your life. So if your mind is overwhelmed, overstressed, or exhausted, do not ignore it. Do not gloss over it. Do not numb yourself to it. But acknowledge it with kindness and with compassion. You can even name it. It's so important to become aware of any pain, any, any fear, any stress, any feelings that you're experiencing um, right now or at any given time without losing yourself in it, without judging yourself um, with, it, with, with it. And learn how to read yourself. Learn how to identify uh, stress in your system before it becomes overly noticeable. So you, you, when, when, you, when you lean in and you validate how it is that you're feeling at any given time, notice, how am I feeling? Am I feeling stressed? How does stress feel in my body? How is this guiding my thinking? Am I, where, where is it in my, in my body or in my life that I'm feeling the most panicked and shut down? What am I no longer feeling energy for? How, how is, is, is stress showing up for me in my relationships? What feels off? Becoming aware of, of stress, of fear, of the way that you're breathing, um, not at, at all times of the day, but check in a few times of the day, um, is a very important first step, and it starts with awareness. How did you, what point did you say, or did you say to yourself, rather, um, I'm, I'm going through this trauma that I'm dealing with, I'm learning all this stuff to cope for, my, for me, which is what you were doing. How did you go from that and educating yourself to then I need to share this and help others as well? It reached a stage for me where not only through my own life adversity but through my studies, as I mentioned earlier, I've been studying um, this kind of, of, of work since since my teenage years that I had reached a stage where I knew that I it was my responsibility to share my knowledge with the world. And confidence and voice was an area that held me back in my life for far too long. So it took me being very intentional about turning some of my greatest weaknesses into my greatest strengths, really learning 
um, actually learning how to become a speaker, how to, to speak publicly, how to tap into my voice. It became a matter of responsibility for me. Um, it was my time to share with the world. And I never had enough confidence to do that for far too long and had this wealth of knowledge and understanding and naturally was doing it anyway because I've always been the coach, the mentor, the counselor. This has been my role in life. It's something that, that um, I'm born to do. It's my calling in life. And it, 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 life continues to call me in this direction. And I feel extremely blessed today to teach others through the clarity of my own example and through having taken those steps to qualify myself to be able to share my knowledge with the world as well. Your company, Nourishment Vitality, does online courses, one-on-one coaching, and also group workshops. Explain to people what they will um, find when they come to your business for the for your services. So Nourishment Vitality, guys, is my my company, um, which is a 360 health and wellness platform where we specialize in stress, in anxiety management, and in holistic weight management. We do offer online courses um, which are innovative and take you through a journey for your own wellness uh, goals. We um, offer these online uh, courses through our video modules, through our um, um, accountability documents and PDFs and prompts, etc., to really take you through that journey of transformation. Um, our courses are in the areas of uh, healing, one's relationship with food, body, and with themselves, and in the areas of stress and um, stress and anxiety management, really teaching you how to uh, transform your stress, be that what it may in whatever area that it is that, you, that you're going through, into uh, success. And um, we don't only teach you through, um, through uh, information as such, but we take you through that journey of understanding what your own individual stress triggers are through areas of conscious awareness, through understanding and building resilience techniques. And um, this is offered on our website. You can take a look at our services page. We also have a um, book out on for those of you guys that are overachievers and perfectionists in um, a overachievers guide to beating perfection. And uh, you can take a look at that and uh, all the various uh, areas of how you can learn how to slow down in order to speed it up. Perfect. I'll link all your uh, the site and everything in the show notes so it's easy, accessible for everybody. But have a chat to your medical professionals, guys. See whether or not um, working hand-in-hand with Cheryl's program will work for you. And, Cheryl, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me uh, on the show today. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, guys, do reach out. Take a look at Nourishment Vitality. We empower through education and we bridge that gap between prevention and those stress-induced conditions. Perfect. Thank you. 
Thanks for taking a moment to listen, everyone. We hope this episode inspired you as much as it did us. If you know somebody who also needs a little inspiration, then please share this podcast with them. Also, don't forget to subscribe on your fave podcast app and rate and review us because that helps inspire us to keep making them. 